0: dear god thank you for beth coming up here each week to speak your words to us it is a true gift and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts this morning be acceptable to you amen We are fortunate to have prophets in our tradition that provide us visions of God's purpose for creation and for ourselves. We are also lucky to hear prophets around us even today. One of the first prophetic voices that spoke to me was the Irish rock band, U2. In the spring of 1985, I was in the middle of a semester abroad, and U2 was in the middle of their European tour. A group of us went to see them in Paris. I admit I don't have vivid memories of the concert, but what still brings me goosebumps today is how the concert ended. Their last song was 40, which is an anthem based on the 40th Psalm. They sang the song, and then one by one, they exited the stage. The crowd continued to sing the refrain. The lights came up, telling us to go home. The crowd continued to sing the refrain. We emptied into the streets of Paris, and the crowd continued to sing the refrain. Blocks away from the stadium, we fanned out into the night, and we were still bound together, still singing that refrain. It was magical. That concert was a sort of pilgrimage for me. A pilgrimage is a journey comprised of at least three elements. A sacred purpose or destination, seeing you too, a space that attracts many people, the concert experience, and a desire for spiritual benefit, the binding together of strangers in song. Some of you might not think that a U2 concert is a sacred holy place, and I guess I can respect that. So let's today pilgrimage together with our readings this morning as our guide. Today's lessons point us to a pilgrim's mindset and demonstrate how we accomplish the three elements of a spiritual pilgrimage. Isaiah lets us know our destination is a desire to journey toward God. God tells Isaiah that God claims us while we're still in the womb. The claim God makes is that we were created to be the light for the world. God is so certain that our creation is for this purpose Isaiah reports that God says we are too much to be given the small task of lighting just Israel. Instead, God says, I give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach the end of the earth. Our destination is the world and our intention is being light to the world. Before we take a first step, God's assumption of our light is already manifest. All we have to do is realize that light and know that the light is for more than ourselves. With this in mind, we come to the 40th Psalm. You too sings the first verses this way. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. I will sing, sing a new song. And then the refrain that filled the streets of Paris, how long to sing this song, how long to sing this song. Even if we begin our journey infused with God's light, let's face it, we get stuck and we complain. The psalmist tells us that when we patiently wait for the Lord to hear our cries, God inclines. God lifts us out of wherever, however we're stuck so we can continue our sacred destination with a new song on our lips. This is the first element of pilgrimage, sacred intention moving through obstacles towards a holy destination. The second element of pilgrimage is that the intention and the destination draws many people to it. There are people who want to be solo travelers. I'm reminded of Martin Sheen's character in the movie, The Way, who doesn't even know what a pilgrimage is. (coughs) He arrives in France to collect the ashes of his son, who was killed walking this Camino de Santiago, which is one of the world's oldest Christian pilgrimages. Sheen's character meets a man who tells him the story behind the Camino, and he feels called to honor his son by spreading his ashes on the route he meant to walk. Sheen's character sets off alone and is quite irritated when fellow travelers intrude on his grief and solitude. As the pilgrimage pilgrimage progresses, so does his love for these fellow travelers, so does his gratitude, and so does his reliance on them. Paul's effusive appreciation for his community in the letter to the Corinthians lets us know that we need to be grateful for everyone. I'm guessing, just like Martin Sheen's character, that some of the people that Paul mentions and talks about were challenging. More than likely, some questioned his preaching style, or his way of living, or his interpretations of the Gospels, or just simply wanted to know, why'd you do it that way? But Paul's letter lets us know that, and pretty much every letter he writes, that heaps of praise and gratitude are because he knows these people are bound up in his mission. In the gospel this morning, two of John the baptizer's disciples hear him proclaim Jesus as the Lamb of God. And when they start to follow after Jesus, John continues by saying, when Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. But as we know, they stayed with him longer than just that day, and they eventually made Jesus' pilgrimage their own. What are you looking for? Come and see. Prophetic perfect tense is a literary technique used in the Bible that describes future events that are so certain to happen, they're referred to in the past as if they've already happened. We are asked to live as if God's unfolding creation has already reached its fruition. As I reflect on how these passages are combined and delivered this morning, they reveal prophetic perfect tense. We were formed in the womb by God as the light of the world before we encounter the journey itself and any roadblocks. We are thankful for our companions even before we really know who they are or how they will help us. What are you looking for? Come and see. This is something we can ponder every morning when we get out of bed. Come and see that God's plan is so certain to unfold that it's happening right before your eyes, right here, right now. As I talk to you this morning, I'm fully aware of the irony that I'm delivering this message. As was the case with many families who have lived through COVID, suffered a lot, are struggling with a post-COVID world and all the mental health challenges that come with it, my family is struggling a lot right now and so am I. Assuming that there's light and God and a way out of my current situation seems next to impossible. And here's my learning this morning. Jesus didn't do things alone. Even as God incarnate, he surrounded himself with others. Before Jesus took off on his pilgrimage, he assembled community. His first act wasn't to teach, but to gather people who were to become his trusted companions, his support system, even his challengers and his beloved ones. This is why a destination that calls to others is important in pilgrimage. We need others with us. What are you looking for? Come and see. To quote another U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I was searching this past summer when I walked part of the Camino de Santiago. I wasn't sure what I was hoping to learn, but I went and I saw. My journey met the requirements of a pilgrimage, and yet I'm still looking for answers. And that brings us to the third aspect of pilgrimage, Seeking spiritual benefit. The crucial aspect of our gospel reading that answers this need is this. Jesus doesn't answer the question. Jesus doesn't tell the disciples what they should look for. He doesn't give them specifics of where they will find it. He doesn't say go home and prepare for a long journey. He doesn't even say he's their teacher. He simply says, what are you looking for? Come and see. And then he makes a space for them. Think about the Gospels, and every time someone asks Jesus a question, does he ever really give a direct answer? He responds, yeah, but with parables and symbolism and metaphor and questions and a space for us to join him. What are you looking for? Come and see. His invitation is about experiencing things for ourselves. He invites us into God's mystery through exploration and communal experience, not to find answers, but to spend some time with him and our fellow pilgrims. That is the spiritual benefit, being with God and being with others, and maybe learning a little bit of something about ourselves. Seeing it this way helps me know I didn't miss something from my pilgrimage this last summer because I still have questions. The intentional being with God and with friends, that was the answer. As a community, we're invited into the same pilgrimage with Jesus as the apostles joined. There's a small group of us at St. Michael's who are hoping over the next several years to put together holy treks to meet the requirements of pilgrimage. I hope many of you will consider joining us. But I know not everyone is called to that kind of pilgrimage. And yet, you can still accept Jesus' invitation. The beauty of what Jesus invites us into is that if we think like a pilgrim and adopt the elements of a pilgrimage into how we approach life, we are in fact on pilgrimage. In addition to seeking sacred places elsewhere, as a community, we can experience pilgrimage without leaving home. The work that St. Michael's does is a pilgrimage. We seek out opportunities to be God's hand reaching out towards others in need. Together at our annual meeting in a few weeks, we reflect on where we experienced light in the past year, and we discuss how we live that life in the year to come. We survey our intentions in the mission spend plan as one way God's plan unfolds before us. We continue to support the church's outreach work and maybe invest a little bit more of ourselves into that work in addition to our wallets. We gather in our church pews each week to reflect on beloved community, and then step into discomfort to widen our circle of beloved community. These are just some of the ways we at St. Michael's pilgrimage every day. What are you looking for? Come and see. How long to sing this new song God puts on our lips? That is the refrain that the crowd sang into the streets of Paris after a U2 concert in 1985. It seemed like a question then but I realize today that it's an answer to Jesus' invitation. I will sing this new song for however long it takes, for however long I can sing it. But the song only really works when I'm bound to others singing it with me. So let us commit this morning to sing this new song together for however long we can to continue Jesus' pilgrimage. Thank you. Amen. Amen.